morning, everyone. Good morning. How many of you, the logistics of having small kids with you? We, we grow to get used to it, and, and, and we love, um, we love the, the fact that this is a church that is starting to have lots of, of kids. I, I remember when Jade was born, she was the alien around here. She was the, the only kid for a long, long time, and all of a sudden we have amazing children's ministry going on. Can you guys give a round of applause to the people that are volunteering with the kids? We'll make sure they watch the live stream or they watch uh, what's going on on Facebook so that they know, they feel appreciated. They do really do an amazing job, and we're very thankful for them. This morning, I want to share with you, based on a simple sentence that came to my heart, and that sentence is, I love the church. I don't love just my church. I love the church. Of course, I love my church. I love Riverside Lisbon. I love this group of people. I love the fact that we can love each other so well. Of course, we're very different. Of course, we come from many different backgrounds, but we love each other. We, we grow to love one another. But I also love the church. I love that church is still most well-attended event all over the world. What we're doing here right now on a Sunday morning happens all over the world, and it's the single most attended event or public gathering all over the world. 2.2 billion people all around the world, they testify that they have a local church community. More than any sport, any other event, any concert, any other program that happens, church is still the main one. And we can ask ourselves why. What's the big deal about the church? Why do people get out of bed on a Sunday morning, especially Sunday mornings? Most of us, is our day off, our official day off, we don't go to work, we don't study, we try to rest. Why do we wake up so early? How many of you, if you didn't have to come to church, could be sleeping until noon? Okay. Okay. But still, you make that sacrifice. Why do we gather? Why do we sit together we sing together. We eat together. Why are you so quiet right now listening to what I have to say? Maybe it's because of habit or tradition or there's a sense of duty that you have in you or even guilt. But I want to ask you, why are you part of a church family? Why are you here? And I think the answer will be a reflection of what you believe the church is. I think it's a reflection on what you believe the purpose of the church is. So I want to make this a little bit more interactive. And if I ask you, what is the church? What would your answer be? What is the church? A family? Body of Christ? Just that? Called? Called? 
called how to the ecclesia wow that's that's a very very good ecclesia called out to belong really good anyone else the bride of Christ. Wonderful. <laughs> true. True. I mean, the odds would be if we all go to the same restaurant, we would be a, a, a random group of people. But yes, it's true. It's, we're so diverse. And I'd like to say there are no wrong answers, but I don't know if I can because the Word of God shows us what the church is. And in one word for me, it was the exact one word that was said in the beginning. It's family. Church is God's family. The Bible says in 1 Peter 1.3, God has given us the privilege of being born again so that we are now members of God's own family. And 1 Timothy 3.15 says that family is the church of the living God, the support, the foundation of the truth. It means that we're part of the human family the moment that we are born. None of us chose to be born, but we're here. We're humans. But we are part of God's family. We are part of the church when we are born again. It's also a choice, and it's a privilege the Bible says God has given us the privilege. Church is a privilege. When you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, when you accept His salvation and, and the Lordship of Jesus over your life, and you commit to follow Him all the days of your life, the Bible says that you are born again. And you are part of God's family. You are a member of God's family. And recently, I've heard from a lot of people who love Jesus, but they don't like the church. They claim they don't have a problem with Jesus. And usually people, they don't have a problem with Jesus. Jesus is perfect. Jesus is the son of God. Jesus is love. But the church side of things, well, some have a problem with it. And, and, and we can even go to the extent of saying that people hate the church sometimes. And, but the problem is when it comes from the mouth of Christians. And some Christians say, yeah, I'm a Christian because I love Jesus, but I don't like the church. But I want us to understand that there's a conflict in that statement. The Bible says in Ephesians 5, 25, that Christ loved the church. Jesus loves the church. And if we love Jesus, we need to love what he made. We need to love and learn how to love what he loves. And Jesus loved the church, and Jesus gave himself for it. Jesus gave his life. He died for the church. If you want to know the value, the worth of the church, then you need to see the example that Jesus said. He gave his life for the church. He died so that he could give the church to himself like the bride in all her beauty. He died so that the church could be pure and without fault. So Christ is sanctifying the church. Christ is purifying the church to this day. Is the church perfect? No. Because we are in it. 
because it's made of human beings just like us. But Christ still loves us. We're all sinners, forgiven sinners, and loved sinners, and we're part of this church gathering. So who are we to say that other people in the church, in the body of Christ, do not the same, the same, they don't deserve the same grace that we have received? The problem is not the church. People are flawed, and people fail, and God knows I fail, and God knows you fail, but we're still loved. We're not rejected. We are embraced. We are loved. And God calls us all his family. And that's how much I need to extend grace and forgiveness. But what is the purpose of the church? Why do we come together? Everything that God has created has a purpose. And the purpose means what guides, what controls, what directs. And every organization... Every nation, every family, every church community is driven by something or someone. A church community can be driven by reputation. Well, we love our denomination. We love our group of churches. We love the way that we do things. And we want to make sure that Riverside's name is really up there. And no one can say anything wrong about Riverside or any other church. People can be, and, and churches can be driven by tradition. We do things the way we do, and we're not going to change because this is who we are. This is how we like things. It doesn't matter who comes through the doors. This is how we want to do stuff. It can be driven by personality. If Gabby and I are the lead pastors, then what we say goes, and it has to be what, like what we say. And if we say we want to change things, things need to change exactly like that. Finances. A church community can be driven by finances. We want to do this. Okay, how much is going to cost? How much are people going to give? How much are we, are we going to be able to pay that? Are we going to be able to do that? We can be driven by programs. Churches can be driven by programs. Doing lots of activities. Keeping people busy, right? That Usually that gives the sense that this church is alive. They have lots of activities. Well, but the thing is that Jesus didn't say, I have come so that you might may have meetings. No. The purpose of the church is not just having meetings. Churches can be driven by its building. Winston Churchill said, we shape our buildings, but afterwards the buildings shape us. And we can invest a lot and we can make our priority that we make this place as comfortable as possible and we invest in it. But the problem with that is, is that the priority of a church is that the purpose of the church? These are not the purposes. These examples that I gave are not the purpose of the church. So what is the purpose of the church? And we can summarize the purpose of the church as described in God's word in four statements. There are many purposes, but we can summarize them all in four statements. The first one is the church exists to exalt God. The church exists to exalt God. Ephesians 3.21 says, Glory will belong to God in His church and in Christ Jesus for all time and eternity. The church is the only group of people, the only thing on earth that is going to last for eternity. And the church exists to glorify God. 
The church exists to exalt the name of God. And this doesn't just happen on a Sunday morning when we sing. No. Exalting God is, is whatever Christians do. It needs to bring glory to God. Everything that Christians do, it needs to reflect the character and the goodness of our God. It means that God needs to be seen in our careers. And he needs to be seen in our families. God needs to be seen in our relationships and the choices that we make in life. The church was created to bring pleasure to God, to glorify God, bring glory to his name. Secondly, the church exists to establish a caring community. John 13.35 says, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, that you have love for one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, that you have love for one another. Yes, we can sometimes be a very random group of people. My goodness, how many nations do we have represented here? I'm not going to ask. It will take us a while. But so many countries, so many different cultures, speaking so many different languages. But the church is a family. The church is God's family. And because of that, the Bible says that you and I, we are brothers and sisters. We belong to each other. It's a bond that is not physical, but it's spiritual. It belongs in our hearts. We belong to one another. There's a sense of family that is inherent to the church. We care for each other. It's something that the church should be. Sometimes it fails doing it, but it's exactly why we were created for Thirdly, we exist to equip God's people. 2 Peter 3.18, grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Every time the church meets, it's an opportunity for us to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because God wants us to become mature members of his family. Every family, families go in different stages in life. We have a baby at home, and you know what, what does it mean to have a baby at home. It's, a, it's hectic. It's a lot of fun. It's tiring, but it's a time that we don't want Jay to remain a baby forever. We want to, her to learn. We want her to, to be more mature. And fortunately, as time goes by, I love it even more because I can, it means that I can have a conversation with Jade. She can tell me how her day went. She's not just going to repeat everything, every single thing that I say. We love to see people mature, and God loves to see people mature in the body of Christ. God loves to see that you're not the same person that you were the first day that you attended a church gathering. You're not the same person that you were one year ago because you were intentional in your commitment to the church, and you were intentional in your spiritual growth. It happens on a Sunday morning. Right now, hopefully, as I teach, I'm teaching the Word of God, and you're listening, you're digesting. You're not just taking in or ignoring what I say. You're evaluating. You're, you're seeing if it makes sense to your life. How can I apply this? 
This is discipleship. This is the process that we can call discipleship. It happens on Sundays. It happens in smaller groups like home groups. It, it happens on the day-to-day -day when we go with each other for coffee or we have dinner together, when we have fun together, but we talk about spiritual, important things that matter. And we grow. And it happens throughout our lifetime. And hopefully the church provides multiple opportunities for you to grow. Because that's the purpose of the church. And finally, the church exists to extend God's kingdom. Mark 16, 15 says, Jesus said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Go into the world. It means that the church never stopped growing. Our community should never stop growing. We have this amazing, beautiful privilege at Riverside Lisbon that I think every single Sunday, since we opened the doors, we have people that are new. Or they're passing by Lisbon, or they want to settle in Lisbon. People that sometimes they're just a friend, they're visiting, they were invited to come. But that's what church is about. We don't want to be the same group of people time and time again. We want people to join. We want people to feel. We want them to experience what church is. And church is family. Church is the body of Christ. He called us to reach out to others. God wants people to be saved. God wants people to start belonging to a church family. And this way we continue to grow. Now I know what many of you are thinking right now. I have that ability. I don't know if it's my glasses or if it's a spiritual thing. But I think some of you are saying, wow. This is beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Ruben, for reminding us of this. This is so good. That's exactly what I love about the church. This is what the church should always be about. It's wonderful. But it does sound like a lot of work. So God bless you, pastors. God bless you, elders. We're going to be praying for you. Keep up doing the good job that you're doing. Well... The purpose of the church is not just the purpose of the pastors. The purpose of the church is not just the purpose of ministry leaders, of the elders, of people that serve at church. The purpose of church is your life purpose. The purpose of church is each and every one of us life's purpose. We all live to exalt God. We all live to take care of one another. We all live to make disciples. And we all live to extend God's kingdom. That's the purpose why you and I, we were saved in Christ Jesus from the beginning. And if we reflect about what the church is, what is the purpose of the church, God wants us to finally understand that if you don't know why you're here on this earth, if you don't know why sometimes in your workplace you don't feel satisfied, maybe you just need to find another place. Maybe I'm just, I'm growing tired of Lisbon. Maybe there's something else. Or maybe, just maybe, I just need to find a spouse. I just need to find a girlfriend or a boyfriend. Maybe I just need to have children. Maybe I just need to buy a bigger house or a bigger car. Maybe I need this. And then I will feel purposeful. Then I will find a sense of satisfaction. The Bible says from cover to cover, no, the purpose of your life, 
The purpose of your calling in Christ Jesus is the purpose of the church. As long as you exist, as long as you're loved by Jesus, that purpose will remain the same. God wants us to be family. We belong to one another. No one will be left unfruitful when they follow the purpose that God has set for their lives, when God created the church. Church is something that we do together. It's not something that just a few of us do. It's the purpose for all of us. 1 Peter 4.10 says, God has given each of you some special abilities. Be sure to use them to help each other, passing on to others God's many kinds of blessings. How do we do church? How can we help each other? We help each other. We serve God. We fulfill the purpose of the church by meeting each other's needs. And I want you to focus on this word needs. Because there are needs around us. Yes, you have needs in your life. God knows what those are. And God is in the business of fulfilling those needs. He knows how to fulfill them in, their own, in his own time, in his own purpose. But God knows how to take care of you. But we were called to meet each other's needs. We were saved to be a blessing. And this is such a Christianese word, blessing. Be blessed. And blessing simply means this. It's meeting someone else's needs. What kinds of needs are you and I called to meet in Christ Jesus' name? We're called to meet people's physical needs. Jesus says in Matthew 25, I was hungry, and you did what? You fed me. Thirsty, and you? You? Needed clothes, and? Sick, and you? In prison, and you? Whenever you have done this to the least person, you did it for me. We don't have time to read the whole chapter, but I hope that you will do it in your own time. This chapter 25. And if you read this chapter, you have a real sense that there's an urgency. That this is not something optional for the church of Christ. It's part of Christian life. Taking care of people's physical needs is something that Jesus says it's being done to him. Every time we do it to someone, Jesus says, you are doing it to me. That's how, much impo how important it is. And every time we're not doing it, we're not doing it to Jesus. We're called to meet people's physical needs as the body of Christ. Secondly, we are called to meet people's emotional needs. 1 Thessalonians 5.14, cheer up those who are discouraged. Help the weak and be patient with everyone. Emotional pain is as real as physical pain. Christians and non-Christians, we face the same challenges in life. Challenges that cause emotional pain, emotional problems, loneliness, 
unemployment, abuse, bullying, eating disorders, divorce. Sometimes Christians suffer the most because they feel that they have to tie their problems from the rest of the community because they wouldn't understand. Because in the church, everyone is perfect. Jesus is all that we need, so I, I cannot open up about my problems. I, I don't understand how I feel like this, but it doesn't feel that anyone in the church will understand what's going on. But the Bible says that the church is here to help people with their emotional needs. Some people have a gift one of those many diverse gifts that will help people feel better. People that will want to be present. People that want to pray for you. People that want to counsel you. People that just want to be next to you. Letting you know that you are not alone. And I know, I know. We live in Lisbon. We live in, a, in one of Europe's capitals. We're all very busy people. We all have a very busy agenda. And God knows how many times we don't have time or patience to deal with people that are suffering. With people that have so much to say about their problems and all of that. I feel bad with my life as it is. I don't need to carry it or listen to any of that right now. But the church is here to meet people's emotional needs. We're here to be there for one another. We're here to be patient, to be kind, to be caring. Not just when it fits and it's better for us in our own schedule, fitting our own schedule, but when people need you. Oh, I'm not going to approach that person, but because that person seems like they have a problem. They don't look in the eye. They, they're not very friendly, so I will just let them be. No. God has called you to take the first step. God has called you to say, hey, welcome. Hi, my name is this. Why are you here? Where do you come from? Share life with people that otherwise are living outside of society sometimes because of their emotional pain. And I know that some of you, sometimes you feel, no, the pastors, the leadership, and people are too busy for me. I, I'll do this on my own. No. God has called us to support one another in love. And people are the priority of the church. Thirdly, we're called to meet people's spiritual needs. The Bible says, Colossians 1.28, We proclaim Christ, counseling and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. God wants us to pass our bi biblical knowledge to other people. We meet together to be taught the truths of the Word of God. That's why nothing can replace the church. A podcast, a YouTube channel, a TV program is not the church. A preacher that you listen online is not your pastor. Church is a place of fellowship. Church is a place of accountability. When we build relationships with people, when we build relationships with those who God has called to take care of our lives. Are we all to do everything? We definitely can't do everything. And we definitely can't do everything at the same time. Do we all have the same gifts? No. 
Each of us has received the special ability to serve God and serve his people with. Today we have a very special service because we are recognizing and ordaining Lian into the office of elder or shepherd in this community. And we're very blessed by her dedication to the Lord, the way that she teaches and empowers others to teach the word of God, her example of obedience, of, of faithfulness, and her, all that she does, especially regarding people's spiritual needs. The Bible says, Ephesians 4, 11 to 13, God also gave apostles, prophets, missionaries, as well as pastors and teachers as gifts to his church. Their purpose is to prepare God's people to serve and to build up the body of Christ. This is to continue until all of us are united in our faith and in our knowledge about God's Son. Until we become mature. Until we measure up to Christ, who is the standard. And so we see that God has given people with a purpose, with a gift, to prepare God's people to serve. To build up the body of Christ, the purpose is that we can present Christians, mature Christians, until the day that Jesus comes back. Your pastors, your elders, they were called by God to prepare you for this. And it's a privilege. It's a big responsibility. But we love the church. Because Jesus loves you. He gave his life for you. You are valuable beyond words. It's not always easy for pastors to listen, to be there, to be present, to prepare, to teach, to preach, to lead. But every time, every time we come before the Lord, Jesus really gives us this love for you that you have no idea. <laughs> You are loved by Jesus so much that he gave his life for you. Your pastors will always be here. Your elders will always be here. If someone wants to come attack the church, say something bad about one of our members, about one of the people in our family, well, you have to come through me first. Because these people were, are loved by Jesus. These people are my family. We love one another. We're not perfect. But we're going to stand by each other through the good things and the bad things. Sometimes it's really ugly. But we're called for this. Because these are the people that Jesus loves and he gave his life for. So let me conclude with this. And I want to conclude with something very practical. Are you ready to be practical? Do you have your phones with you? Do you want to take notes? Pick up your phones. Take some notes. I want to see. I know that not all of you bring paper and pen, but you have your phone. So I'm, we're going to use phones. I know that you're not going to text what do you want for lunch. You're not going to Uber Eats for after the service. You're going to write down what I have to say. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So let's be practical. How are we meeting other people's needs? If you and I, we exist in the body of Christ to meet other people's needs, how are we doing it individually? And how can this church community help you do it? And the first thing that I want you to write down, two words. 
It's called Lisbon Project. How many of you have heard about the Lisbon Project? How many of you don't know exactly what the Lisbon Project is? There are some of you. The Lisbon Project is our nonprofit organization. Riverside's nonprofit organization. It's the door next to the church door. We exist to protect and integrate the lives of migrants and refugees in the city of Lisbon. Did you know that there are many migrants and refugees suffering with loneliness, poverty, unemployment, abuse, and injustice? So this church community, this family, is doing something about it. And we want you to join us in doing more about it. Do you have a skill that you can teach other people? Do you, can you teach English or Portuguese to someone who doesn't know those languages? Can you be a friend or a helper to someone that needs a friend? Can you sign up to our Wednesday dinners or our family Fridays? Or follow the Lisbon Project on social media so that you can join when we do activities that we are inviting you to participate. You will come and join us at the Lisbon Project, not just so that you can have a nice meal, not just that you can support the pastors and the leaders because they're doing a good job, but because you have a mission. And the mission is through the dinner, through the simple conversations that you have, you will make a friend. You will meet someone that needs a friend, someone that is lonely, someone that is on their own, someone that has left their two kids and wife back home, and they don't know where they're going to see them again, similar to what many of you are going through. And we need to be there to support one another. We need to be there to help meet other people's physical needs and emotional needs as well. Two other words to this list, church ministries. Do you know the amount of work that it takes just for us to be here on a Sunday morning? Hospitality team, sound team, multimedia, children's, worship, music. What happens on Sunday, it's only possible because some people have said, you know what, I want to serve. I want to belong. I want to do something about it. And people often ask me, but is there a need? Because I see people serving, so maybe there's not a need. No, there's not a need because they are filling in and they're doing their very best. But you know what? If we all join these teams, it will be easier for those who are leading those teams. It will be easier for everyone in the community. So the board is upstairs. You have the contact information of those ministry leaders and just simply say, hey, I'm here. Even if it's just once a month or twice a month, I'm here to serve. How can I do this? I don't know a thing about sound. I don't know a thing about sound either. But Dina knows a thing or two about sound, and he will teach you. Because he didn't know a thing or two about sound either, but he, he learned, and now he's able to teach you. So let, him get, let the leaders know, the church uh, leaders know about the different opportunities that you want to plug yourself in and serve Jesus with. Because these are ways that we are advancing God's kingdom. These are ways, that, practical ways that we can serve one another. Thirdly, we have home groups. 
Home groups are these small groups that meet during the week so that we can study God's word, so that we can pray for one another, so that we can get to know each other a lot better. And you can also find information about the home groups that happen during the week upstairs in the corridor. You have the information about the people who are leading these home groups. Or even if you want to start your own home group, you can say, hey, I have a pretty nice living room at home, so I can have people over and we can teach the Word of God. We can be home to people who don't feel at home in Lisbon yet. So let's do that as a church family. Let's help people belong and serve one another in love. We also have church partners, church friends, organizations like the Portuguese Bible Society, Organizations like Abolition that Lien leads super well, Steiger that Mike and Annie represent here. Steiger does evangelism and a lot of street evangelism. Lien is leading an organization called Abolition that uh, is, it deals with the problem of hu human trafficking and, and problems such as those. And who knows, maybe you can stand by Lien. Hey, Lien, I don't know if you need me, but... Maybe you can let me know what are your prayer requests. How can I pray for you this week? How can I help in any way that I can? We can serve and get to know amazing people that are doing things beyond these four walls, beyond the Lisbon Project, and support them with our love and with our prayers and with our actions. Sometimes we don't know exactly what our gift is. There's so many things to do, but I don't know what to do. I don't feel certain. What is my calling? If I should join the worship, if I should join hospitality, I don't know. And you know what? That's okay as well. If you don't know what is your gift, if you don't know what is your specific calling, speak with one of us, speak with one of the elders, Gabby, me, Pedro, Jode, Leanne. We want to plug you in. We want to teach you how you can find out more about your gifts. What are your talents? What are your special abilities that God has created you with to serve in this community? Because the Bible promises you have a special ability. You have a special gift that God wants to use you with to serve the body of Christ. I want to invite the worship team to come. And I just want to close by reading this passage in Galatians 5.13. It says... For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. You have been called to live in freedom. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature, which means to live selfishly and live self-centeredly. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Will you stand with me this morning? The church is the church. When each and every one of us is using his and her freedom to serve other people in Christ's love. And we're going to sing a song now that says, if you say go, I will go. And you're not saying it, singing it to me, you're not singing it to Jamil. Hopefully you will be singing this song to God. And what you will be saying to God is, God, you love your church. I got it. Reuben couldn't stop saying that over and over and over. We got it, Lord. You love your church. 
And I know that you've called me to love your church as well. So God, if you say go, if you say that there is something that you're calling me to do, if you say that there is a place for me to serve, if there is a place for me to grow in this church family, in this community, God, I will say that I will. I will go. And let's pray and let's make this make this our prayer. Not because you're going to do a favor to the to the favor to the the pastors or the leadership or the ministry leaders. No. We serve Jesus. The coffees that were served and the breakfast that was served upstairs to you. Our team knows that they're not just here to do a favor. They're here, they're serving Jesus himself. They're doing it with the love that they would have if Jesus came inside our door. We would, we would have a huge party here. Just, just saying, I don't think we would just go through songs. We would just go crazy. But there's so much happiness in that. We know that each of you has Jesus inside. Jesus lives in you. That's why everything we do, everything we do, everything this team does so faithfully is because of their love of Jesus. Is because of the love that Jesus poured in them. And I pray, if you don't want to sing this song, if you don't feel, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't want to sing something and say, Jesus, something that I'm not feeling, that's okay. But then pray this. Jesus, you love your church. That's a fact. Help me to love your church. Help me to love this random group of strangers. In Lisbon. Help me to love them. Help me to see people how you see people. Maybe because my heart has grown cold. Maybe because I, I'm in a season in my life that I feel that people are hurting me more than they're helping me. So I've closed my heart a little bit. God, help me to open my heart to other people. And let's be honest before God. Let's keep serving Him together.